Happy belated Star Wars Day. It's time for a strength check. Incident. Incident power. Incident. Incident power. Incident. Incident power. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Andy Wilzak. This is another episode of Strength Check. I'm recording right now on May 4th, 2019. It is still technically Star Wars Day, so we're going to do a Star Wars cast. Like, I can't not let this opportunity pass me by. How how could I be an amateur, newbie, wannabe podcaster and not take advantage of the greatest day of the year? It's Star Wars Day, people. Like, come on. So, I think I've talked about this on here before. If not, it's my show. I'll do what I want. I have been a Star Wars fan my entire life. I'm unabashedly a fan. And, you know, this is something that I, I might have talked about on here before, but in in this age of, like, being hypercritical of everything and everybody has to be a critic and everybody has to nitpick stuff uh, into oblivion, um, I've, I've made a conscious choice that I'm going to allow myself some things in my life that I'm not going to criticize, that I just need to have as, like, absolute just fun and one of those things for me is star wars i i grew up with the original trilogy my mom has a story about seeing empire strikes back in the theater when she was pregnant with me and that i was i was kicking a lot during the movie so i guess that's my origin (laughs) right and for me for a long time because of my my work i i fell away from a lot of things I, I had this weird idea when I started grad school that I I was this guy who studied crime now, and so everything had to be really serious. And that was a huge mistake, and I really regret that immensely. And so now, um, at this point in my life where I have a little bit of job security and I have children of my own now, I I am back in a huge way with this this whole franchise. And so... Like so much so that I'm I'm writing a paper about how Star Wars can teach us about um, this idea of empire and like governmental crime and Marxism, and I'm really excited about that. But like that's kind of like headier academic stuff that I I don't know how much of that really fits into this show. I just think this is a cool opportunity for me to dork out about one of the most important things in my life, like to to prep for the. The show today, I just watched the Star Wars Always trailer that, that came out a couple of months ago. Fastest five minutes of my life every time I watch that thing. Because like I've seen these movies so many times and watched the shows so many times. And I've read a lot of the new books that have come out. And when I was a kid, I read some of the, the older ones too. But to be honest with you, I don't really remember a whole lot about it. But I've been around these ideas my entire life and these people my entire life that I don't think it's really an exaggeration to, to say that they're almost like family. Because that's one of the things about growing up, right? And those of you who are listening who've had me in class before have heard me say hundreds of times that when you grow up, you get to pick your own family. And these are ideas that I, I think have really shaped who I am um, in a lot of different ways. So, like I said, I'm not in a position where I'm going to like 
really pick these apart. This isn't another podcast that's going to be really hypercritical and nitpicky and kind of complain about Disney or complain about George Lucas or complain about this actor or that actor or whatever. Like the entire thing to me is brilliant. Um, it's so much fun. It, it teaches us so much about not just, you know, this idea of, of what everything that the empire represents and the legacy of that and some of the larger good and evil stuff. But I think that there's a lot about the theme of the entire series is about destiny and do you have a destiny or do you create your own destiny? And I love that idea. That is something that I, I think about probably every day when I'm, I'm struggling with imposter syndrome or I'm really frustrated with like one project or another or things aren't going the way that I want to or, or something like that. I ask myself, is it just not meant to be this way or is it because I'm not doing something right? And I'm not really a religious person. I, I am somebody who thinks that you make your own luck in some instances, in some ways. And so maybe this idea of fate and destiny is something that I need to consider a little bit more. It's also something that I think is helpful when you find yourself struggling to to be great, right? To You find yourself struggling to be, I don't know, you're, you're trying to be powerful. You're trying to have some kind of effect. You're trying to matter. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. You're trying to find yourself in a position where you matter. And for a lot of people, there is this this tendency to just give up to frustration and cynicism. And I, I will admit I was one of those people for a very, very long time. I was very angry and felt very isolated and very frustrated with everything going on until I decided that I was going to try to start making my own luck and try to try to build something on my own, right? And so it's, I don't know, I think Star Wars has like, it creates opportunities for us to think about that and think about what we're meant to be and what we're meant to do and and kind of give us... So I'll, I'll put it like this, okay? And I, I'm not going to go through, like, quotes of the movie or anything, but I, I would say of all of the movies, I probably watched Return of the Jedi the most. Um, when I was a kid, when we first got cable, and my parents bought a VCR, um, they taped the original movies off of HBO and... Somehow, somewhere along the way, there was this making of Return of the Jedi thing that I guess Lucasfilm put out, or 20th Century Fox put out, and I probably watched the making of Return of the Jedi as many times back then when I was a kid as I actually watched the movie itself, and I was I was just captivated. I think that's that short documentary is probably what made me fall in love with movies, and it's why I'm I'm thinking about adding this like or like taking this gamble with this MFA in my my career right now is because of this thing that I watched when I was a kid. But anyway, the whole beginning of Return of the Jedi is really just about how our protagonists are kids, basically. And there's a line in there about delusions of grandeur and how on the outside, like, if we had no idea who these people were, the plan that they're trying to to pull off in the beginning of the film seems absolutely just stupid and insane and impossible and you're going up against this crime lord and you're just a couple of dumb kids and you're gonna do this thing um but of course because it's star wars they pull it off and everything works out well in the end and everybody wins of course and so i guess i find myself thinking sometimes about like 
our own delusions of grandeur. The the chances that we try to take, the the gambles that we make on ourselves, to people on the outside can seem like really delusional. Or there's no way that this is going to work. You're just some dumb kid. You're just some guy. Like, it's never going to happen. Why are you bothering to waste your time with this? Just give in and be like everybody else. Get yourself a six-pack. Here's some dumb thing to distract your well, yourself with. You're just going to be another average nobody. But I think that Star Wars teaches us that it's okay to buy into these delusions for ourselves and it's okay to to go for it. And I also also think that the films teach us that, you know, you can take these chances on yourself and have it work out, but still have it be the end of the world, right? Like I heard people kind of complain when The Force Awakens came out because it made them sad. And it made them sad because they left at the end of Return of the Jedi and everything was happy. The Empire had been defeated. Every Everybody, like, goodness won. And evil was was completely defeated and, and went away. But in reality, we know that's not how life works, right? Like, we're dealing with this now. If the, if the original Star Wars trilogy was this big allegory for World War II, then, of course, the new series is really an allegory for today. If the Empire in the original trilogy represents Nazi Germany, then the First Order today represents, well, neo-Nazis and authoritarian governments around the world that came back, that rose back up again, in spite of the good guys winning, right? So, yeah, Luke Skywalker turns into the most powerful person in the, in the galaxy, and things still went bad. And so I think that there's, like, an interesting sort of lesson there, um, one that I'm not smart enough to really articulate right now, but... It's it's kind of thought experiments like that that make me really love the the movies completely. Um, and I also recommend if you are somebody listening to this and you haven't watched the prequels or given the prequels a chance in a long time, um, maybe you've fallen into a trap that a lot of people have fallen into um, about those. I would really urge you to give them a second chance or maybe a third or fourth or fifth chance, um, because yeah, there are things that don't that might not hold up so well. But overall, thinking about this, those movies in terms of, you know, knowing it's all building to this inevitable rise of the First Order and whatever is going to happen in Rise of Skywalker coming out later this year, like that movie needs me to plug it. (laughs) I think it works out really, like, I think it's an amazing story across the board. And in the spirit of Star Wars Day, I, I think that there are two characters that we really need to emphasize here just for the sake of this like i wouldn't be doing myself and them like the justice they deserve and so first we're going to talk about um peter mayhew so peter mayhew is the actor who played chewbacca in the majority of the films um and he passed away recently um and you know as somebody who's been watching these movies my entire life and um is on the wrong side of my 30s and uh you know part of growing up is like seeing the people that you grew up caring about pass away, right? And so all these major cultural figures from my childhood, um, unfortunately, like, that's life, right? Um, But what I think is interesting, somewhere in some um, memorial about Peter Mayhew um, that I was looking at over the last couple of days, somebody mentioned that we need more Chewbacca's in the world. And that when, when little kids play Star Wars... When I was a boy growing up, um, everybody wants to be either Luke Skywalker or Han Solo. And today, maybe kids want to be Poe, maybe kids want to be Rey. I hope kids want to be Rey. Rey's awesome. 
Um, kids want to be thin. I, I don't know how many people want to be Chewy. How many people have wanted to be Chewbacca over the years. Um, which is too bad because, you know, in in the context of the films, like Chewie is has been the bedrock, right? Chewbacca is the only character who knows everything that has happened from before the first movie through the present, um, and he's just willingly kind of staying quiet about it, right? Him and R two D two. R two knows more. R two knows everything. R2 might actually be the narrator of the entire thing, but I don't know. It's weird to think about the entire, what, how many movies have there been? 11? <laughs> as, as just like R2-D2's running diary, which it might be. But Chewie rocks, right? Because he he is the most faithful character that we see. Chewie never has a moment where, even at his most despondent, or his, his, most, his biggest moments of despair, he doesn't run away from anything. In the books that have come out to kind of fill in some of the gaps in the new canon, the only time Han and Chewie split up is because Chewie's going back to save his family, right? And and help his family out. And so they're apart for a time. But we know that eventually somebody comes calling, Han comes calling, and they're reunited. Because obviously they're in the new movies together. And he does this without question, right? He's loyal without question. And I think that's a, a character trait that more people need. The other person, the other idea from the films that I really wanted to talk about today, um, my favorite character across the entire, the entire series is Anakin Skywalker. I honestly think that Anakin Skywalker is probably one of the most brilliantly crafted characters in modern American mythology. I'll, I'll fight you <laughs> about this. Like, Anakin is the best. Anakin, I think, represents everything that I find really fascinating about this interplay between destiny and inevitability and humankind's power to sort of screw up <laughs> what destiny has planned. I think that's amazing. Right? So, to get into it a little bit, um... God, where do you even start with this guy? He's the chosen one. The cho-cho-chosen one. He is He is the most powerful person that anybody in the galaxy has ever seen. He has potential that is so overwhelming to them that they have no idea how to handle this kid. Even from a young age, he's got a temper. He's got a, re- a rebellious streak. He's got, like, oppositional defiant disorder. You tell Anakin to go right, and he's going to go left, and he's going to prove to you that going left was the best thing to do. Like, Anakin Skywalker has the entire universe in his hands, and he has that ripped away from him because he's blind? Because he's... I mean, he's getting played. Like, he's not as smart as he thinks he is. And so you can have all the talent and ability, but there's always somebody who's smarter right? And so Anakin is manipulated. Like, I I think that's really important to see that even with all of his his talent and all of his power and this whole idea that destiny has, has created him, that he was, he was created by the force to fulfill this prophecy that he's the chosen one. The cho-cho-chosen one. <laughs> that he's still manipulated. He's still he's still fallible he still makes mistakes and he's played like a fool and he looks like a fool 
by the end of episode three. And, you know, it's, it's so sad. Like, I, I think the story is so sad that he has all of this ability and he has this incredible future. And, you know, looking into this as an outsider into this completely fictional world, you're, you're cheering for him. You're cheering for them. And he throws everything away because he's, he's angry and he's, he's manipulated. And then what I really think is interesting is that after he, after everybody has kind of their cards on the table and Palpatine reveals that he's, he's behind it all. He's the one who's been doing all of this dirt and he's the one who created this whole civil war. He's the one who did, who, who, he's responsible for the downfall of the entire system that they're used to living in that Anakin has known for his entire life. And Anakin himself has been physically destroyed. Obi-Wan Kenobi leaves him for dead. His arms and legs have been cut off. He's burned half to death. He still has that potential. He still has that strength inside of him, right? His ability is not limited to his physical skills, but because he's lost those physical skills and he's trapped inside of this suit of armor for the rest of his life, that he's still useful to Palpatine, but he's not as useful as he was. And we know from the from the books and the comics and the stories that have come out that kind of fill in some of the gaps um, between the movies that uh, for his entire time as Darth Vader, that the Emperor basically went out of his way every opportunity that he could get to mess with him. That they are in like a, a almost a it's almost child abuse. Like I guess that's probably the only the only parallel that I can I can think of that the relationship between Sheev Palpatine and Anakin Skywalker is is comparable to a father emotionally psychologically abusing his son and he goes out of his way to torment Anakin and Anakin's living with all of this regret over what happened in in one of the comics that's come out um and I We'll I'll look it up and we'll plug it in the show notes because I'm I'm drawing a blank on on who wrote it right now. Um, we see Anakin have this like almost like a daydream very early in the days uh, of being Darth Vader. He has this daydream about um, going back and finding the Emperor and killing the Emperor and then seeking out Obi Wan Kenobi on Tatooine and taking his mask off and begging for forgiveness or a quick death or something basically trying to be what what's the word i'm looking for he's trying to be penitent for what what happened and in that moment he he kind of realizes that not that it's too late but that nobody would want him back for what he had done and so he lives the next 25 years in this torment he killed Padme he killed the the child he thinks he destroyed everything he threw everything away he lost his mother he lost his wife he lost Ahsoka he lost his family his best friend he lost everything and so people who are really critical of him and understandably so um, with this idea about has is Anakin capable of redemption or, or forgiveness 
Like the the easy answer is to say, well, no, he's this genocidal mass murderer, which is true, <laughs> right? But the the question isn't like I don't think the question is like or the answer no, the answer the question like this is what these movies do to me like it, it wrecks my brain. I I don't think that you look at this and say, well, is he deserving of it? I think you look at it kind of comparably to the way that you would look at a guy on on death row and by the way capital punishment is barbaric and should be outlawed in all 50 states and territories of the United States and around the world this is not an endorsement of capital punishment in any way it's stupid but anyway a person about to be executed if they are genuinely remorseful for what they did and genuinely truly sorry for what they did and carrying all the pain that they caused with them, then that's what we're looking for, right? Like that's on a on a spiritual theological level. That's what that's what we're seeking, <laughs> right? So, if Anakin Skywalker, who was the most powerful person in, in the history of existence, realizes that all the torment that he caused, all the death and destruction that he caused. And my boy does all kinds of horrible, horrible, horrible things in his life. But if there's one person who's capable of carrying all of that pain and sorrow on their shoulders and, like, accepting that, it's Anakin, right? So, I, like I said... Anakin Skywalker is the best. I think that he could have been written a little bit better. I think there are like quibbles here and there that I, I think could have, would have, should have been done differently. But it is what it is. And if you haven't watched The Clone Wars or you haven't watched Rebels, Matt Lanter's portrayal of Anakin is is really what brought me to this conclusion. Like, there's an episode of the of the Clone Wars that I think is one of the best pieces of Star Wars fiction that's ever been done. And so, if you haven't seen that show, um, I guess spoilers. I, I don't know why you're still listening to this almost 25 minutes in if you haven't really been paying attention to Star Wars. But an episode of the Clone Wars where they they fake Obi-Wan Kenobi's death because he's infiltrating, he's trying to infiltrate a gang. Um, and they don't tell Anakin that they're doing this. And Obi-Wan just goes into this like deep cover. And, and so everybody thinks Obi-Wan is dead and Anakin like loses his mind over it he is he is so angry and he is so just hell-bent to get revenge and uh almost single-handedly like cracks the um like the secrecy that the jedi have have in place to like try to pull off this operation that they're doing like he is just like a dog with a bone and i love that episode because you know, knowing what's going to happen with him eventually killing Obi-Wan himself and and the pain that that we know that that caused him just to see, like to see that side of somebody because we know stuff like that happens in real life but to see again Anakin Skywalker have that that same sort of emotional this can't be happening this can't be true I'm going to get back whoever did this sort of reaction I think is really really cool and like a great to me at least like a great sign of loyalty 
um, a great depiction of, of that loyalty. And um, one of the things that I really love about Star Wars is the ways that it, it shows love and the different relationships that we see between the characters. I, I With the exception of maybe one franchise, I, I don't know that there's anything that has done such a good job of really taking the idea of love and all of the different ways that love can manifest itself in our lives, itself in our lives, and and put it on the screen so well. So I'm really hoping that we haven't heard the last of Anakin in the movies. Like there's a lot we can learn from that story. The other franchise that I would say that that I think has hit that level of showing us the different ways that love can can work, though not maybe the the variety of ways but certainly the the depth i guess has been the entirety of the mcu and i saw endgame what like five days ago and i'm still wrecked by that but unfortunately this is not the episode to rave about the avengers because there's no such thing as avengers day right this is star wars day so i guess just to close i'll I'll repeat what i said at the beginning of this is that you know, life is really, really difficult. And we don't have to pick apart every single thing, that it's okay to just love something um, unconditionally. And maybe that's like a lesson of these movies too, is that we need unconditional love in our lives and we need to not really be ashamed of showing that to people. Um, Family members, friends, neighbors, whatever, right? Like people in in your lives that matter. Like we always talk about that, like always tell them what you how much you care and and whatever but we like nobody follows through on that so anyway i guess the lesson is to keep star wars day in your heart all year round so that's it for this week you can follow the show on the red hot twitter machine at strength check you can follow me on twitter at hey dr will it's h-e-y-d-r-w-i-l i'm also on instagram now the same name hey dr will H-E-Y-D-R-W-I-L You can email the show at strengthcheckpodcast at gmail.com The show is produced as always by the incomparable Mark Warren. Mark looked at this around mm, 21, 17 and thought, this is tight. Thanks everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye.